part two chapter seven section two b of the possessed by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter seven a meeting section two b if you've been unsuccessful in making your system consistent and have been reduced to despair yourself what could we do with it one officer observed warily you are right mr officer shigalov turned sharply to him especially in using the word despair yes i am reduced to despair nevertheless nothing can take the place of the system set forth in my book and there is no other way out of it no one can invent anything else and so i hasten without loss of time to invite the whole society to listen for ten evenings to my book and then give their opinions of it if the members are unwilling to listen to me let us break up from the start the men to take up service under government the women to their cooking for if you reject my solution you'll find no other none whatever if they let the opportunity slip it will simply be their loss for they will be bound to come back to it again there was a stir in the company is he mad or what voices asked so the whole point lies in shigalov's despair lyamshin commented and the essential question is whether he must despair or not shigalov's being on the brink of despair is a personal question declared the schoolboy i propose we put it to the vote how far shigalov's despair affects the common cause and at the same time whether it's worth while listening to him or not an officer suggested gaily that's not right the lame teacher put in his spoke at last as a rule he spoke with a rather mocking smile so that it was difficult to make out whether he was in earnest or joking that's not right gentlemen mr shigalov is too much devoted to his task and is also too modest i know his book he suggests as a final solution of the question the division of mankind into two unequal parts one-tenth enjoys absolute liberty and unbounded power over the other nine-tenths the others have to give up all individuality and become so to speak a herd and through boundless submission will by a series of regenerations attain primeval innocence something like the garden of eden they'll have to work however the measures proposed by the author for depriving nine-tenths of mankind of their freedom and transforming them into a herd through the education of whole generations are very remarkable founded on the facts of nature and highly logical one may not agree with some of the deductions but it would be difficult to doubt the intelligence and knowledge of the author it's a pity that the time required ten evenings is impossible to arrange for or we might hear a great deal that's interesting can you be in earnest madame Burginsky addressed the lame gentleman with a shade of positive uneasiness in her voice when that man doesn't know what to do with people and so turns nine-tenths of them into slaves i've suspected him for a long time you say that of your own brother asked the lame man relationship are you laughing at me and besides to work for aristocrats and to obey them as though they were gods is contemptible observed the girl student fiercely what i propose is not contemptible it's paradise an earthly paradise and there can be no other on earth shigalov pronounced authoritatively for my part said lyamshin if i didn't know what to do with nine-tenths of mankind i'd take them and blow them up into the air instead of putting them in paradise i'd only leave a handful of educated people who would live happily ever afterwards on scientific principles no one but a buffoon can talk like that cried the girl flaring up 
he is a buffoon but he is of use madame virginsky whispered to her and possibly that would be the best solution of the problem said shigalov turning hotly to lyamshin you certainly don't know what a profound thing you've succeeded in saying my merry friend but as it's hardly possible to carry out your idea we must confine ourselves to an earthly paradise since that's what they call it this is pretty thorough rot broke as though involuntarily from verhovensky without even raising his eyes however he went on cutting his nails with perfect nonchalance why is it rot the lame man took it up instantly as though he had been lying in wait for his first words to catch at them why is it rot mr shigalov is somewhat fanatical in his love for humanity but remember that fourier still more cabet and even proudhon himself advocated a number of the most despotic and even fantastic measures mr shigalov is perhaps far more sober in his suggestions than they are i assure you that when one reads his book it's almost impossible not to agree with some things he is perhaps less far from realism than any one and his earthly paradise is almost the real one if it ever existed for the loss of which man is always sighing i knew i was in for something verhovensky muttered again allow me said the lame man getting more and more excited conversations and arguments about the future organization of society are almost an actual necessity for all thinking people nowadays herzen was occupied with nothing else all his life bielinsky as i know on very good authority used to spend whole evenings with his friends debating and settling beforehand even the minutest so to speak domestic details of the social organization of the future some people go crazy over it the major observed suddenly we are more likely to arrive at something by talking anyway than by sitting silent and posing as dictators liputin hissed as though at last venturing to begin the attack i didn't mean shigalov when i said it was rot verkovensky mumbled you see gentlemen he raised his eyes a trifle to my mind all these books fourier cabet all this talk about the right to work and shigalov's theories are all like novels of which one can write a hundred thousand an aesthetic entertainment i can understand that in this little town you are bored so you rush to ink and paper excuse me said the lame man wriggling on his chair though we are provincials and of course objects of commiseration on that ground yet we know that so far nothing has happened in the world new enough to be worth our weeping at having missed it it is suggested to us in various pamphlets made abroad and secretly distributed that we should unite and form groups with the sole object of bringing about universal destruction it's urged that however much you tinker with the world you can't make a good job of it but that by cutting off a hundred million heads and so lightening one's burden one can jump over the ditch more safely a fine idea no doubt but quite as impracticable as shigalov's theories which you referred to just now so contemptuously well but i haven't come here for discussion verkovensky let drop this significant phrase and as though quite unaware of his blunder drew the candle nearer to him that he might see better it's a pity a great pity that you haven't come for discussion and it's a great pity that you are so taken up just now with your toilette what's my toilette to you to remove a hundred million heads is as difficult as to transform the world by propaganda possibly more difficult especially in russia liputin ventured again it's russia they rest their hopes on now said an officer we've heard they are resting their hopes on it interposed the lame man 
we know that a mysterious finger is pointing to our delightful country as the land most fitted to accomplish the great task but there is this by the gradual solution of the problem by propaganda i shall gain something anyway i shall have some pleasant talk at least and shall even get some recognition from government for my services to the cause of society but in the second way by the rapid method of cutting off a hundred million heads what benefit shall i get personally if you began advocating that your tongue might be cut out yours certainly would be observed verkovensky you see and as under the most favourable circumstances you would not get through such a massacre in less than fifty or at the best thirty years for they are not sheep you know and perhaps they would not let themselves be slaughtered wouldn't it be better to pack one's bundle and migrate to some quiet island beyond calm seas and there close one's eyes tranquilly believe me he tapped the table significantly with his finger you will only promote emigration by such propaganda and nothing else he finished evidently triumphant he was one of the intellects of the province liputin smiled slyly virginsky listened rather dejectedly the others followed the discussion with great attention especially the ladies and officers they all realized that the advocate of the hundred million heads theory had been driven into a corner and waited to see what would come of it that was a good saying of yours though verkovensky mumbled more carelessly than ever in fact with an air of positive boredom emigration is a good idea but all the same if in spite of all the obvious disadvantages you foresee more and more come forward every day ready to fight for the common cause it will be able to do without you it's a new religion my good friend coming to take the place of the old one that's why so many fighters come forward and it's a big movement you better emigrate and you know i should advise dresden not the calm islands to begin with it's a town that has never been visited by an epidemic and as you are a man of culture no doubt you are afraid of death another thing it's near the russian frontier so you can more easily receive your income from your beloved fatherland thirdly it contains what are called treasures of art and you are a man of aesthetic tastes formerly a teacher of literature i believe and finally it has a miniature switzerland of its own to provide you with poetic inspiration for no doubt you write verse in fact it's a treasure in a nutshell there was a general movement especially among the officers in another instant they would have all begun talking at once but the lame man rose irritably to the bait no perhaps i am not going to give up the common cause you must understand that what would you join the quintet if i proposed it to you verkovensky boomed suddenly and he laid down the scissors everyone seemed startled the mysterious man had revealed himself too freely he had even spoken openly of the quintet everyone feels himself to be an honest man and will not shirk his part in the common cause the lame man tried to wriggle out of it but no this is not a question which allows of a but verkovensky interrupted harshly and peremptorily i tell you gentlemen i must have a direct answer i quite understand that having come here and having called you together myself i am bound to give you explanations again an unexpected revelation but i can give you none till i know what is your attitude to the subject to cut the matter short for we can't go on talking for another thirty years as people have done for the last thirty i ask you which you prefer the slow way which consists in the composition of socialistic romances and the academic ordering of the destinies of humanity a thousand years hence 
while despotism will swallow the savoury morsels which would almost fly into your mouths of themselves if you'd take a little trouble or do you whatever it may imply prefer a quicker way which will at last untie your hands and will let humanity make its own social organization in freedom and in action not on paper they shout a hundred million heads that may be only a metaphor but why be afraid of it if with a slow daydream on paper despotism in the course of some hundred years will devour not a hundred but five hundred million heads take note too that an incurable invalid will not be cured whatever prescriptions are written for him on paper on the contrary if there is delay he will grow so corrupt that he will infect us too and contaminate all the fresh forces which one might still reckon upon now so that we shall all at last come to grief together i thoroughly agree that it's extremely agreeable to chatter liberally and eloquently but action is a little trying however i am no hand at talking i came here with communications and so i beg all the honourable company not to vote but simply and directly to state which you prefer walking at a snail's pace in the marsh or putting on full steam to get across it i am certainly for crossing at full steam cried the schoolboy in an ecstasy so am i lyamshin chimed in there can be no doubt about the choice muttered an officer followed by another then by someone else what struck them all most was that verkovensky had come with communications and had himself just promised to speak gentlemen i see that almost all decide for the policy of the manifestos he said looking round at the company all all cried the majority of voices i confess i am rather in favour of a more humane policy said the major but as all are on the other side i go with all the rest it appears then that even you are not opposed to it said verkovensky addressing the lame man i am not exactly said the latter turning rather red but if i do agree with the rest now it's simply not to break up you are all like that ready to argue for six months to practise your liberal eloquence and in the end you vote the same as the rest gentlemen consider though is it true that you are all ready ready for what the question was vague but very alluring all are of course voices were heard but all were looking at one another but afterwards perhaps you will resent having agreed so quickly that's almost always the way with you the company was excited in various ways greatly excited the lame man flew at him allow me to observe however that answers to such questions are conditional even if we have given our decision you must note that questions put in such a strange way in what strange way in a way such questions are not asked teach me how please but do you know i felt sure you'd be the first to take offence you've extracted from us an answer as to our readiness for immediate action but what right had you to do so by what authority do you ask such questions you should have thought of asking that question sooner why did you answer you agree and then you go back on it but to my mind the irresponsibility of your principal question suggests to me that you have no authority no right and only ask from personal curiosity what do you mean what do you mean cried verkovensky apparently beginning to be much alarmed why that the initiation of new members into anything you like is done anyway tete-a-tete and not in the company of twenty people one doesn't know blurted out the lame man he had said all that was in his mind because he was too irritated to restrain himself 
verkovensky turned to the general company with a capitally simulated look of alarm gentlemen i deem it my duty to declare that all this is folly and that our conversation has gone too far i have so far initiated no one and no one has the right to say of me that i initiate members we were simply discussing our opinions that's so isn't it but whether that's so or not you alarm me very much he turned to the lame man again i had no idea that it was unsafe here to speak of such practically innocent matters except tete-a-tete are you afraid of informers can there possibly be an informer among us here the excitement became tremendous all began talking gentlemen if that is so verkovensky went on i have compromised myself more than any one and so i will ask you to answer one question if you care to of course you are all perfectly free what question what question everyone clamoured a question that will make it clear whether we are to remain together or take up our hats and go our several ways without speaking the question the question if any one of us knew of a proposed political murder would he in view of all the consequences go to give information or would he stay at home and await events opinions may differ on this point the answer to the question will tell us clearly whether we are to separate or to remain together and for far longer than this one evening let me appeal to you first he turned to the lame man why to me first because you began it all be so good as not to prevaricate it won't help you to be cunning but please yourself it's for you to decide excuse me but such a question is positively insulting no can't you be more exact than that i've never been an agent of the secret police replied the latter wriggling more than ever be so good as to be more definite don't keep us waiting the lame man was so furious that he left off answering without a word he glared wrathfully from under his spectacles at his tormentor yes or no would you inform or not cried verkovensky of course i wouldn't the lame man shouted twice as loudly and no one would of course cried many voices allow me to appeal to you mr major would you inform or not verkovensky went on and note that i appeal to you on purpose i won't inform but you knew that someone meant to rob and murder someone else an ordinary mortal then you would inform and give warning yes of course but that's a private affair while the other would be a political treachery i've never been an agent of the secret police and no one here has voices cried again it's an unnecessary question everyone will make the same answer there are no informers here what is that gentleman getting up for cried the girl student that's shatov what are you getting up for cried the lady of the house shatov did in fact stand up he was holding his cap in his hand and looking at verkovensky apparently he wanted to say something to him but was hesitating his face was pale and wrathful but he controlled himself he did not say one word but in silence walked towards the door shatov this won't make things better for you verkovensky called after him enigmatically but it will for you since you are a spy and a scoundrel shatov shouted to him from the door and he went out shouts and exclamations again that's what comes of a test cried a voice it's been of use cried another hasn't it been of use too late observed a third who invited him who let him in who is he who is shatov will he inform or won't he there was a shower of questions if he were an informer he would have kept up appearances instead of cursing it all and going away observed someone see stavrogin is getting up too 
stavrogin has not answered the question either cried the girl student stavrogin did actually stand up and at the other end of the table kirillov rose at the same time excuse me mr stavrogin madame virginsky addressed him sharply we all answered the question while you are going away without a word i see no necessity to answer the question which interests you muttered stavrogin but we've compromised ourselves and you won't shouted several voices what business is it of mine if you have compromised yourselves laughed stavrogin but his eyes flashed what business what business voices exclaimed many people got up from their chairs allow me gentlemen allow me cried the lame man mr verkovensky hasn't answered the question either he has only asked it the remark produced a striking effect all looked at one another stavrogin laughed aloud in the lame man's face and went out kirillov followed him verkovensky ran after them into the passage what are you doing he faltered seizing stavrogin's hand and gripping it with all his might in his stavrogin pulled away his hand without a word be at kirillov's directly i'll come it's absolutely necessary for me to see you it isn't necessary for me stavrogin cut him short stavrogin will be there kirillov said finally stavrogin it is necessary for you i will show you that there they went out end of chapter seven recording by expatriate in bangor maine